Welcome to the Expert Speak Podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon. And welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon. Today, I am talking with Ferris Aranke. And Ferris, first of all, thank you for taking time out of your schedule to be with me today. Michael, thank you very much for inviting me. It's a real pleasure to be with you and the listeners slash viewers. Well, it is, it's going to be a great conversation. So Ferris is the uh, the CEO and founder of Shia Ghetto. And uh, it's a consulting firm where they really work with business owners to help them shore up a lot of areas that we really struggle with. And that's what we're going to dive into here in a couple of minutes. So um, yeah. as, we, as we take that, that dive into the deep end of the water, Ferris, tell me, how in the world did you get doing what, you, what you're doing today? Well, I won the lottery. That's clearly the answer, Michael. I have, oh. a, I have a fairy godmother slash godfather who gave me this role. Uh, no, no. Uh, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a great journey, right? And I'll just take us back uh, 20 odd years uh, to I left university and my first career was as a high school teacher. I taught uh, high school math and economics, and I taught around the world, and it was fantastic. It, it took me to uh, Latin America, South Asia, Middle East, back to the UK, and I was teaching. And then I decided to change careers, uh, and I, you know, I can talk all about the changes and all these sort of aspects. But I then moved randomly into the business world into join an energy company, so a big global energy company, and I worked my way through that company and ended up in their strategy team. Love strategy. I realized I love solving complex problems. Uh, so from there, it wasn't a far hop i got headhunted into strategy consulting uh, the, the world of kind of mckinsey uh, and i spent 12 years solving complex problems largely for energy companies um until one day i had an epiphany that actually what i really really enjoyed about solving problems wasn't the me being the big brain was guiding others to the answer was getting teams to align and get excited by what they should be doing um, because too often strategy gets dumped on people uh, and they just don't accept it then. Um, so I set up a business to do that, to facilitate teams around strategy, around decision making, around working better together. And uh, that Shia Ghetto was born. And uh, we've been doing it four years now. We work with companies like Amazon and Heineken and Anglo-Americans, so big corporates. But we also work with startups and scale ups. And they're, they're just as fun, if not more fun sometimes. Um, and um, yeah, we do facilitation. We do training. We do a lot of great stuff and I absolutely love it. That's amazing. I love the journey and I, I love how you realized when that light bulb came on, it wasn't necessarily strategy, but it was guiding people because there, there's a big difference in, in those two, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm a big, big, big fan of knowing what you're great at and doing that. And so it sounds like you've kind of found your, your thing. Yeah, but do you know what? It's not easy, Michael. Sometimes I actually didn't realize until someone tapped me on the shoulder. You know, my boss kept sending me in to difficult arenas. And I'd say to her, why am I going in? I've never worked with these people before. She said, you're just so good at doing this. And I was like, there you go. Well, and we need those the, those outside perspectives because we can't see it ourselves, right? I'm a, yeah. I'm a marketing guy. You don't know that. I'm a marketing guy, but I've got three marketing coaches for my business. Because I'm so close yeah. to my business, I can't see it as it truly is, right? Same thing in, in our in our lives with our unique abilities, as Dan Sullivan would call it, is we need somebody from the outside sometimes saying, you're really good at that. Because it comes so natural to us. It's not mm. good, right? Yeah. It's, I, think, uh, 
it's this you can't read your own label exactly you need you need exactly. a friend to go i'll check that for you don't worry yeah exactly so um tell me i i am curious about the name <laughs> she a ghetto tell me there's got to be a story there man you mean this bad boy my God. i love it get the yeah, pillow and everything this is a pillow and there's a story behind the pillow. My my mother made me this as a, a you know, to, when I set up the company to say, I fully support this company. This is going to be success. Exactly. Um, and uh, so she made that. But uh, what is Shigeto? Shigeto, for those of you listeners who don't know, is a Japanese word. And it's actually the Japanese word for a sharpening stone. So if you've ever had a knife that's gone dull, you would have probably used a Shigeto to sharpen it. Okay. Right. And it's a perfect metaphor for what we do in our business because we all go a little bit dull. Teams go a little bit dull. We don't realize it. But if you employ us, if you bring us, we will sharpen that effectiveness. And uh, the name came to me one day. I was trying to find a name for the company and all these sort of combination of English words had already gone on the websites. So I tried, you know, I speak Spanish. I tried some Spanish names. I tried some Arabic names. I speak Arabic. Um, But one day I was making dinner with my Japanese knife set and it went dull. And I had to sharpen it and I just paused and I went, oh my God, this is the metaphor. What? And then I then I went on the internet and looked up what the Japanese call the sharpening stone. I lost about five hours of my life because the Japanese have whole websites dedicated to the, the ancient mythology of sharpening stones. But Shigeto is the name of the sharpest stone for the sharpest knife. I love that. Thank you for that because that just helps us understand what you're trying to do because you're you're really there to help sharpen the skills of companies, teams, people to know how to work together to execute strategy. Is that fair? 100%. You've got it spot on, Michael. Okay. So let's talk about the businesses, the clients yeah. that come to you. What are they struggling with before they really reach out to you? What's going on in their world? Yeah, so in some cases, they can see um, that there is it's just not getting through to the team. The team aren't working well. There's a bit of dysfunction for one reason or another, and that's why they reach out to us. Um, but it's not always the case. Sometimes they just see something on fire. You know, sales aren't what they need to be. Uh, our costs are too high. The employees are not happy. Um, and that's why they reach out. And often a large part of what we do is help them structure the problem, help them work out. You know, I'm a massive fan of a great quote by Albert Einstein, which says, if we, I only had an hour to save the world, I'd spend 59 minutes working out what's wrong because then it's easy. Uh, far too many people spend 59 minutes just doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, so taking the time, look, the warning light's here, but let's really talk through what are the sort of challenges you're facing? What are the things? Um, so I, to be honest, I don't mind how they come to our door. Uh, it's just great that they reach out and think of us. I love that quote because there, there's so many, it's so easy to do, to be active. Yeah. Even when we don't really know which direction we're going, right? And and yeah. when when corporations, C-suites, presidents, CEOs, whatever, when we come up with a strategy, a lot of times it's the communication of that strategy that's really missing. And our teammates yeah. are sitting there kind of scratching their heads, not getting it. Do you find that as you work with business owners? I find that a lot, right? We have a methodology in Shiagato, which is based around three pillars. You know, you can only be strategically successful if A, you know where you're going, and B, you then need IQ, the right ideas to solve that problem. You then need EQ, which is the ability to take others on the journey. And that's where the communication and the flexing your style and, and, and listening to what others are telling you. And then you need the FQ. And that is focus quotient. So many of your listeners wouldn't have heard of that. That is the ability to focus on what you said is important, you know, what your strategy requires. So you need IQ, you need EQ, and you need FQ. They're multipliers, not additive. You can't substitute one for the other, which a lot of companies make the mistake of trying to do. 
Okay. Well, we could just unpack that big time. Um, we can, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we might, because um, you just you just hit on something that's really passionate for me, that the FQ, I've never mm-hmm. said it that way before, but the phrase that I use is your focus determines your future. Yeah. So if you're driving a car down the, the highway and you you start turning your head to look at a mountain or whatever, guess where your car is going? It's Still. going you're focusing. Same thing in business, right? So let's talk about those three pillars, IQ, EQ, and FQ, because you flew through them. Unpack each one just, just in a snapshot. So when we talk IQ, is that how smart I am? Is that what you're not talking? how smart you are? It's not a mensa test. It's not a IQ is if if I tell you I want to do something, and let's say my goal is to get fitter. Right. IQ is the ability to come up with as many ways to get there as possible and pick the best option. Okay. Right. Too many times in companies, they just pick the first option. Right. They know their goal. They pick the first option. Now, where we help with the IQ pillar is, hey, let's let's really you should have 100 options and then picking one. You pick the best. Right. You should have 100 options. You should have some clear criteria to define them. And then you pick them. And how do you get 100 options? Right. You you. Ask more people, because if you just rely on your brain, you're not going to get the best options. Right. Right. But often often we shut off hearing parts of our business or what our customers are telling us or, um, you know, either because we're too busy or stuff. So these are ways we can strengthen IQ, get better ideas, get more ideas and then test them. That's why I do a lot of war games. That's why I do a lot of pre-mortems with companies. Right. Why you don't throw millions of dollars behind your idea. Test it in a safe environment. See if it's got legs. If not, we've got 99 other ideas. Uh, that was the beauty of having more ideas than less. So that's the IQ pillar, um, okay. the quality and, of ideas. And that kind of ties into your Albert Einstein quote, in a sense. Yeah. Thinking and thinking and saying, no, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. And, and maybe asking different questions. And uh, a question my son is bringing to me, my son's my chief operating officer. Yeah. He said, what is the, what what are we solving for? Mm. And I thought that was a brilliant question. He learned that from one of his coaches, right? And that really helps frame the questions we ask so that we get better answers. But yeah, you need multiple ones. So that's IQ, multiple options, and then being able to pick the best option and testing it. Let's drop the EQ. What's that? So EQ, if you have a great idea, it's just a piece of paper. If you cannot take others on the journey, right, it is just a piece of paper. And I've done loads of those projects. I've developed great IQ answers that people go, eh, I don't get it. I, eh, yeah, it's not my answer. I'm not going to do it, right? Yeah. Right. So EQ is the ability to flex and take others on that journey and go, hey, you know, this isn't my idea. It's our idea. How do how do you, how do I get it to be your idea? I let you own part of it. I listen to what you tell me about it, right? I change. I adapt to what you need rather than expect you to change to fit in what I need, right? That is great EQ. And again, where we help in that pillar, we we help them how they communicate the idea. We help them how they interact with their team. We teach leaders to flex their style. Too many leaders walk into a room just expect everyone to listen when they talk, right? That, it doesn't work like that. We, we, we're all very good at broadcasting. We're not very good at making sure it's getting absorbed. Okay. Uh, so that's where we help with the EQ pillar, right? And we can all improve in this area. Well, we can. It is in- interesting how the EQ in my head, and correct me if I'm wrong, really mm. ties into the IQ because if I did a really good job of ideating and engaging with my team and they have some input into the actual solution that we come up with, they're going to have more buy-in. They're, it's going to be better executed when that's possible. That might not always be possible. Is that 
It's a hundred. Have you, I always tell the story of the i uh, Apple and the iStore when they first created it. Mm-hmm. When they first created the iStore, they had a strategy or a, a tactic. It's not a strategy. They would put all the iPads ten degrees wonky to the side. Now, why did they do that, Michael? What happens if you walked into a store and you saw an iPad or something ten degrees wonky? What are you going to do? I'd probably notice it. I would guess. You're going to notice it, and, and it, you you probably will reach out and fix it, right? Because the human brain doesn't like. And do you know what they discovered? As soon as you touch it, you're twice as likely to buy it. Okay. Now, I tell I tell CEOs and, and C-suite people, that's your strategy. If you just give it to them 100% finished, they'll go, thanks. But if you leave it 90% and say, hey, could you just fix this for me? Suddenly yeah. it's their strategy. It's not your strategy anymore. It's their strategy. So if you involve them in the IQ part, the EQ part is easy, right? But if you do the IQ part in a sealed vacuum room, because we're the senior guys and we're super important, then don't be surprised when the rest of the business says, meh. Yeah. Okay, so we've got IQ, we've got EQ. Yeah. Now what's this FQ thing? So now FQ, that's about focus, right? So you can have a great idea, you can take people on the journey, but if you've overloaded them with too much as a leader, they're going to do things badly. So the number one thing as a leader you can do for the FQ is prioritization, is turn around to your staff and say, these are the three things we need you to be working on. Okay. These are the things, give them that clarity, right. And give them the tools to do it. Right. Too many times we see in business, Hey, I need you to get over there, but there's a wall in the way. Uh, I'm not going to move the wall. You have to move the wall yourself. Right. Remove the wall. That's an FQ barrier, right? Get rid of it. So make sure they know what the top things they need to work on. Get rid of the rest, get rid of barriers in their way. And that could be stupid stuff like the printer in the office isn't working. And everyone who comes up has to spend 10 minutes of their day just kicking it, getting that thing. That's that's destroying valuable amounts of focus, right? Or it could be uh, IT licenses or it could be whatever, right? There's loads of these things around business, but clarity is the number one thing. And there's these barriers that you need to remove. So that's FQ. That's great. FQ. The other barrier that I was thinking of, and you, you probably never see this, is uh, <laughs> uh, lines of authority and, and giving somebody a responsibility without the authority to make a decision. So they have to keep coming to you because you're yeah. the leader. Is that that's a barrier, right? That's a barrier, right? Uh, and uh, I often I mean, there's lots of aspects. Yeah. So if you don't give them the authority, but equally, if you leave policies uh, open to interpretation, that's an FQ barrier as well. Because human beings being human beings, they will nibble away and they'll question. And But if it's a clear policy, we're not doing this, we are doing this, then that just eliminates all that debate. And, you know, people might not like it, right? And then that impinges on the EQ. But in terms of focus, that is much better for your company. All right. So don't have gray areas. Don't have, don't, get, you know, deny people the ability to make decisions or be empowered because they will rob you of FQ. Absolutely. That's awesome. Okay. So, so this is fascinating. So we talked about the, the challenges that, that different people face. We talked yeah. about your IQ, EQ, FQ. Now let's yeah. talk about how do people engage with you? What are some different ways to work with you? Yeah. Is it class? Is it a coaching? What, what is it that you help? How do you help? Yes. Yeah, so we, we tend to help in one of two ways. We okay. come in and put ourselves in the middle of teams and we are that glue. We are that lubricator. We fix things. We facilitate them through making those decisions. So it could be brainstorming sessions. It could be war games. It could be just a board meeting, you know, where they need to make key decisions to make sure they're aligned. Classic piece of work is, hey, let's go from vision to uh, KPIs. And that'll take maybe two, three, four workshops together. So that's one way. And that's a bit of a one-off engagement. The other way that we do is training. You know, we get asked to 
train a lot of leaders and up and coming leaders in the skills that we bring into the room. You know, can you teach us how to improve our EQ, how, how to influence people, how to communicate better, build relationships from nothing? And it's, you know, can you teach us on the IQ how to break down problems strategically like you do and just see, you know, on the FQ, can you teach us to be more effective? How do we avoid distractions? So we run uh, training programs, either one off or for a lot of our clients, we run three six month programs with those leaders, you know, a session a month. Uh, and those are the typical ways that companies engage us. Okay. That's that's brilliant, by the way. Thank you. Um, because so many times in companies, I've, you know, I've been in big corporate America, right? And you would get into a new role maybe, and they just assume you have all the skills, abilities that you need to execute that role. And yeah. most of the time, it's not that case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and But who's going to say, yeah, I'm not equipped to do that job, who's gonna <laughs> yeah. say that, right? So instead we flounder and we flail and, and all of that versus having somebody come in and train your people because I bet it's a lot less expensive to hire you than it is to get a new employee. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. And it's uh, much more enjoyable as well, right? Keep, you know, because if everyone's changing, the team is changing, everyone else gets nervous. A hundred percent. And what are they doing? They're they're looking over their shoulder. They're setting out resumes. They're on Indeed.com. They're doing all that. <laughs> that are killing your strategy and you're sitting yeah. there wondering my dumb people it's like well no maybe it's you dumb leaders because you haven't thought about what are we solving for going back to my son's question is i want this is what we're trying to get this strategy implemented get some buy-in and you probably have the right people already yeah a great way to determine that is to bring somebody like a Ferris in and say, can you look at this? Can you spend a month with us or two months or whatever and give us an assessment and help us figure out what 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 do we don't know, I guess, in one level. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I love people. I love working with clients that do that. You know, that level of humility, self-awareness, say, look, we don't know what we don't know. Give us an assessment. Yeah. Um, and, and, and sometimes it doesn't happen like that. You know, often I'll get a phone call saying from a boss or a leader, saying, do you know what, Faris, there's a problem with my team. I'm absolutely fine, but there's a problem with my team. Can you come in and fix them? And I'll be like, that's always a sign for me. I'm like, mm, okay, let's go and say, and you go and ask the team and say, yeah, we do have one big problem. He's sitting over there. He's in yeah. that chair. You know, he doesn't, yeah. he's not aware of it, but, uh, but you know, that's, that's also good because at least they've opened the door and asked you to come in. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the whole thing. And, and nothing's going to change until you do that. And I think business owners really, and leaders of all natures, we just need to understand just like your story at the beginning, Ferris, and in my story that I tell people, you don't know this, but I'm only good at four things, Ferris, in life. Okay. Now, I'm wicked good at these four things. Yeah. But outside of that, I'm mediocre at best. And so I have learned to know my four things and to hire people, train people, delegate to people, bring vendors in who do all the other things. And I think business owners need to understand that we don't need to be the jack of all trades. We need yeah. to have a pulse on our business. But when there is something, I mean, dude, if there's an accounting problem in my business, I am the last person you want to do that. So I yeah. have people around me that I can say, can you, can you handle that? Okay, thanks. And I'm done because yeah. I trust them. I've equipped them. And if they have a question, they come to me, right? I think that's how business owners need to function and to build a team. And I've realized that my business will not grow without a solid team around me. Yeah. And I think 100%. that's what that's what you're bringing to the table is the ability not only to develop a team, but to empower that team, to align that team and to energize that team around the vision, the strategy. Fair? 
That's fair. That's you. You described it better than I describe it, Michael. And I, I, I am all the more grateful for that. Well, you're you're welcome. It's just it's fun because I think because I'm an outside perspective, right? I, I'm and hearing what you're doing, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And I love the fact that it's not. And and I'm a big fan of of masterminds and coaching programs and things, but yeah. I think you bring a different element to it. You're you're kind of a dare I say consultant, I don't really like that word either, but you come in and you're like, I'm here to fix your, help you, I don't want to like fix necessarily, right? Align, find the problems, we're going to get out of, so I fly home, I'm in Minnesota right now, we're flying yes. home in a couple of days, we're going to hit some turbulence on the way. Yeah. Well, companies experience turbulence when they're sharing their strategy, and the question is, how do I navigate through, around, above, or below that turbulence so that I reach that destination with my team intact and without killing anybody. Yeah, That's kind of what, what I see you doing is helping companies who are seeing turbulence in the future, or maybe they're experiencing right now. How do we navigate that successfully? Yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to build on that uh, that metaphor. Am I the strategy pilot or the strategy air traffic controller, or am I the strategy? You know, one of those things. Uh, you know, sometimes yeah. I say I'm like the strategy uh, PT. I'm there to kick your asses to get strategy in better shape. <laughs> uh, sometimes it'll be painful. Sometimes it'll be enjoyable. But it, you will get fitter. And, Absolutely. And and, you know? and in every one of those roles, though, it's very interesting. They're they're not solo. They're not there by themselves. PTs have people they consult with. Pilots have co-pilots. Yeah. Controllers have teams around them and business owners need teams. We need somebody we can reach out to and say, mayday, 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 yeah. Ferris, I'm in trouble. Or I see a storm coming, Ferris, what do I do? And you pop in there and you're like, well, here's here's what we need to do. And here's how you do it. And we're like, got through that one. All right, thanks, Ferris. And then yeah. you may pop out for a while or or whatever, right? 100%, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I, I love that too. Um, so it's it's, yeah. I, I like that air traffic controller idea of some nature, just that you're there when you need it and you help build and equip. And once once the skills are in place, they they continue. It's it's not yeah. like this is a one-time thing. You're building people and teams and processes so that they can take it and continue to grow. So the next time you roll out the next strategy, because Lord knows entrepreneurs have lots of strategies and ideas. They do, they do, yeah. It gets in integrated and aligned much more quickly and effectively because of the training that Ferris provides. So yeah. Wow. This dude, we could probably go on for a long time, but we could I'm, go on for a long time. But yeah, and, and what I love about this model is that I'm working with one client, for example, where we're working with the senior guys and doing this training mm -hmm. and, and writing them. And then these guys are now going out and rolling that out with their teams. And they do they're taking on my role and they occasionally ring me up and say, okay, I'm struggling here. So I yeah, I'll pop up for the obsession to help guide them through that. And the multiplier effect, then that impact that that's going to have on that whole company is is amazing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It just, it just brings a smile to my face. And it's that warm, fuzzy feeling that I used to have in the classroom when a, when you got a class to finally understand algebra for the first time or something. Right. Well, yeah. and the impact, not just in business, but when those leaders teach their people and their people go home and teach it to their family, their kids, because mm -hmm. it's all transferable. The impact you're making in people's lives is really inestimable. You'll never, you'll, you'll probably never know how many lives are being touched by the the IQ, EQ, and FQ foundation of yeah. how you make people. All right, how this has really been cool. Um, thank you for being here. How do how do people? 
take that next step? Where do they find out more about you and this whole process that, that you put together? Yeah, I think there's two best ways to find out more. One is visit the website, sheerghetto.com. So sheerghetto, okay. if you're only listening to it on audio, it's S-H-I-A-G-E-T-O. I'm sure we'll put that in the links. So .com, and you can read more about the company and my journey and the work that we do. We put up some case studies and things like that. Um, or the other place, carry on the conversation with me, which I'd love, is come find me on LinkedIn. I spend too much of my life there, but I absolutely love it. Don't tell my friends and family and my uh, loved ones. Um, and look for Faris Ranky. There's only one of us out there. Uh, I post every day. You know, I blog every week. So you definitely get to share the journey with me, carry on the conversation. I share lots of tips on how you can bring IQ, EQ and FQ into your life. And uh, yeah, let's just carry on chatting. Ferris, thank you, man. That's awesome. I want to make sure we capture both of those in the show notes. And because of entrepreneurs, you know, in my audience, they're out busy doing things, building, building strategy and trying to convince their team. So they're going to listen to this, go to the show notes. You'll have those links to uh, connect with Ferris and see how he can just really help you navigate the turbulence that you're you're seeing coming, you're in, and build a strong, strong culture, a strong team, so that your strategies can get implemented and executed with great alignment with your people. So, Ferris, thank you. This has been phenomenal. I've really, really enjoyed our, our conversation. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you very much, Michael. I've enjoyed it too. All right. Thanks for listening to Experts Speak. Tune in again next week. Take care. God bless. Thanks for listening to Experts Speak with Michael DeLon. If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.